What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And to be perfectly honest, we have been struggling um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, The death of George Floyd has really hit America super hard and has forced a national conversation and a global conversation about um, racism and its place in the world. And, um, you know, we're both very privileged white people. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we've had to kind of take an internal look at ourselves. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to come at this at a, um, as honestly as possible. And um, for anyone that's listening, uh, we are actively seeking um, people to come on the show and talk about um, these issues with us to both educate ourselves and anyone that may be listening. Um, I want to start. So if you know anyone, yeah. please connect us. <clears throat> yeah. I want to start with uh, an email that we got from um, our good friend, Tony Tillman. Um, and I'm just going to read this and then we'll, we'll get started. Okay. Um, what we can do. Um, we can recognize that police brutality and deadly racism against black Americans did not start with George Floyd. It did not start with Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery, not even with Trayvon Martin. More than seven years ago, when the hashtag Black Lives Matter was first catalyzed. Racism and oppression were interwoven into the backbone of this country since its inception and continues to shape our policies, our culture, and our economy. Acknowledging a hashtag is no longer enough. Um, I've been so overwhelmed with um, everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. And part of my um, part of my Wednesday wisdom is to um, try to not be afraid to have difficult conversations with both my uh, friends of color and with my own friends and family members who disagree with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's really fucking hard. <laughs> um, and... And I, and when I say hard, I mean, it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, through doing the work, um, I can become a stronger ally to the community um, and be, uh, be a silent supporter or vocal supporter in whatever way I, I can be. In, uh, and I, again, I, this is a learning process, so... Um, Yeah, that's my Wednesday wisdom. Don't be afraid to have the hard conversations about yourself and about the issues with those that may disagree. Yeah, Uh, mine's very similar. Um, It's a little bit more about your ego and um, not being afraid to get it wrong because I think that's why there are a lot of white people who haven't spoken up and haven't um, said something as their they're afraid to get it wrong, but we really need to put our egos aside and know that it's not about us, meaning like white people. It's about the black people and it's about people of, who are being oppressed right now in, in America. Cause that's the, the bigger, the bigger issue. Um, we talk about ego often on this podcast and we talk about being open and honest and um, a lot on this podcast with each other and with your spouse or your partner, friends, family, whatever that is. So now we're taking this to another conversation of you still need to have all of those things being 
open and honest, letting your ego go when you're having con- having difficult conversations. And now the, the difficult conversation is the topic of race in America. And I just want to say like disclaimer, like we, as Corey mentioned, like we are not experts. We are looking for an expert to come on. We know that we've done things wrong in the past and we're not here to uh, like, um, we're here to keep moving forward. We're here to talk about how we are doing, how to have, how to help have open conversations with, as Corey mentioned, your maybe family members or friends. Um, but again, we might, and we might say things that are wrong. And if there's someone that's listening, like, please let us know. Yeah. And that also has to do with our, my Wednesday wisdom is we are, as white people, we are in a time where we need to be open and honest and it's okay if we get things wrong in hopes that our friends or family members of color will tell us like, Hey, that actually is wrong. Please frame it this way or whatnot. So, um, Sarah, um, Weinreb, who was on our podcast, um, gosh, a year ago, she had, um, a long, video post about um on monday when white people were now unmuted you know what's moving forward and she said that people were asking her like what am i supposed to do how am i supposed to go about my business and um we also had that challenging conversation because we didn't want to go about like just as business as normal we were muted for a week and now it's back to normal no um and sarah had some really nice advice and words to say she said you know whatever your business, whatever your brand is, like that's why people listen to you. So lean into that. And for us, we harp on having open, raw, honest conversations. So that's what we're leaning into. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to, we, I didn't, I was, I didn't want to be insensitive to just go straight into business as normal without addressing it. And I'm also not, um, judging or shaming anyone for doing that because everyone is different and mm-hmm. everyone, every business is different. And, um, this isn't a business for us that we're making money off of. So yeah. it's like, I, I just, this is a judgment free zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm I think not judging anyone for going to business as normal as soon as we were muted. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's important that even though white people are unmuted, it still is important to, uplift and share black voices in our communities um and i just want to find this real fast because there was someone that posted this oh perfect it's right here um it's basically about like having burnout like there are some people who are saying like oh i'm so tired i'm overwhelmed and it's weighing on me and i feel you i mean every day i cry um and this, it's a picture, it's four different pictures, and one is the Birmingham movement lasted 37 days, the Freedom Rides lasted seven months, the Greensboro sit-ins lasted six months, and the Montgomery bus boycott lasted 382 days. So um, this, um, Denise Mitchell Ellis wrote, this is a movement, if you're tired, get your stamina up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what needs to happen because yes, you're, you're right there. Or this, she's right. Um, it, it is, it can't, it, it is weighing on a lot of us and it's, it's challenging, but at the end of the day, like we have to remember, we're not 
we're here to protect other people. We're here to make it safe for everyone, not just to protect our own energy. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And whatever, you know, difficulty or hardship we're experiencing, like it literally is nothing compared to people of color. Like it's nothing. They've been dealing with this for so much longer. Like we really have zero fucking excuses to be tired of this at all. Yeah. And I, and I, I, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, like throughout this whole thing is I'm so like angry that there are people who still think that we're not all the same. Yeah. Like at the root of it. And like, I, sorry. Um, you know, like growing up, uh, my family, like the, the race conversation, like wasn't even a thing, you know? Um, and my parents sat me down and explained like what racism is. And I remember just being like, what the fuck? Like, even as I was super young, um, and you know, in my high school, I was the the white kids were the minority. And so I was integrated with all cut types of people of color. And I think that like, I'm very, very grateful for that because I think it gave me a perspective moving forward mm-hmm. of just like friends are friends and you know, yeah. people are people. And, and that's what I think makes me so angry. You know, I saw this video from Oakdale, California of these cowboy white guys, like using all these racial slurs. And I'm like, that's 209. Like, that's where I'm from. Like what, like, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. And, you know, just like people are saying like, Oh, one cop ruins it for the rest of them. It's like, (laughs) no, like (laughs) the, the whole system is built. Yeah. On racism. Yeah. I don't know if it was the Trevor Noah video we were watching last night or if it was something else, but he made a joke about, about that. Like, oh, it's just one bad cop. And, um, he said something like, well, that one bad cop must be working working, major overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one bad cop seems to be beating the shit out of everybody. So maybe he's working a lot of overtime. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to is like, I have, I've been walking around with this like anger this just this this like seething anger about like what's going on and i am wanting to learn more ways to be more vocal about what's going on yeah and for me my biggest outlet has been like really going in on donald trump because i think he is he's giving a bunch of racist giving, people in america he's a, dog, a voice yeah he's absolutely a dog whistle to what's going on And I have, you know, I have family members that say all lives matter. And I just like, it makes me want to fucking cry. And it's so hurtful that someone I love could think that way. And I don't know how to change their mind, you know, because I feel like the, like, it's a very delicate situation when you try to go in and tell someone like, Hey, listen, like maybe you have a different perspective. Like the best example that I've seen on how privileged I am was there's a video of a bunch of high school kids in a class all of all different creeds and color. And the coach, the PE teacher, who, the teacher, whoever it was, was like, if your parents are still married, walk forward five yards. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in a home where 
you, um, you ate dinner together every night, walk forward five yards. If you, uh, like, and he just lists like all of these things and all these white kids just kept walking forward and walking forward down the field, five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards. And a, and a lot of these kids of color were still yeah. at the goal line. And it was like a really powerful yeah. image for me to be like, I have no, my life is so fucking good. Yeah. Like I, I'm so privileged and it made me feel, I let, I definitely felt like a total piece of shit because yeah. I'm like, I literally have nothing to complain about. And that's, what's like really hard to like portray to people because mm-hmm. there are people who are like, Oh, well, everyone should be able to pick up their bootstraps, but we're, we're not all starting from the same point. Yeah. Like we, we have so much of an advantage. Yeah. It's, yeah. we're not the same. Like, yeah. How can you think? Well, we are the same. We're not right. treated the yes. same. Yeah. I mean, and we all had different upbringings, you know, and, yeah. then, and then, you know, and, you know, we were talking with our friends, Tony and Sarah the other day and, um, Oh, I forget the analogy that he used, but, um, you know, when I get pulled over in a car, Oh, it was, it's a pop quiz for you, but it's a final exam. It's a final for exam for people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it, yeah. Can you so, explain that a little yeah, bit so, more? So basically, uh, t- Tony, uh, was having a, a, dial- a dialogue with a person of color and he says, you know, I have a five-year-old son and I'm going to have to one day, you know, explain to him that, you know, for white people, when they get pulled over, it's a pop quiz. And, you know, when people of color get pulled over, it's, it's, the, final it's the final exam. There is death on the table every yeah. single time. And, and, it, and for that father to talk to his son, um, it's, it's a final exam for him, because, the son, because has, has his father taught him everything that he needs to know to act correctly in front of an officer? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was, that was really moving. And I just, I want to rewind just a little bit of, um, you mentioned having a conversation with people who say all lives matters or just simply who might see things differently than you. Um, I think as white people, it's important. One, obviously we know it's important to have those conversations. And two, I think we have to go about it as educating them and ha- hoping that we can show them uh, show them the the subject in a different light like we talked about the other night how there that video that was surfacing of the two women or the one woman acting as two people with one person her house was on fire and then the other ones her house was not on fire and she was like help me my house is on fire and the woman um was like well you need to help me because you need to help me because all houses matter and the other woman's like what but my house is on fire and yours isn't. Yeah, but all houses matter. And I just, and you've seen one of like a broken leg. Oh yeah, someone like broke their leg and they're like, my leg is broken, help. And then the other person's like, totally fine. It's like, what about my leg? Yeah. It's like, like it doesn't, it's, it's not about that. It makes and no sense. Yeah. It makes no, this, this all lives matter makes no fucking sense. Yeah. But I, I, so the people who say all lives matter, I, th- I th- well, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is I care about 
all yes, lives. Yes, correct. Like it's right. so I think when going about it it's like yes, you are correct. All lives do matter. But the issue is is that other people's lives are still being treated differently. differently. So we're not saying that white people's lives don't matter. We're not saying that Mexican people's lives don't matter. We're not saying that, you know, XYZ don't matter. Only we're not saying only black lives matter. We're saying black lives matter too as well as whites or Mexicans or Asians or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think when talking to people who say all lives matter, I think maybe the first step is to asking them, well, like, why do you, why do you think that? Because most likely they will say something along those lines of like, well, my life matters just as much as his. Yes, his meaning like maybe a black person. Yes, correct. It does. But can you see that maybe the people of color are, are being, being treated, treated differently yeah. and unfairly. And so I, I think it's just kind of like, I posted a video of Jordan Klepper who works on the daily show, yeah. um, going to a Trump rally and just kind of, it was a sm- it was a super cut of yeah. all of the ones that he'd been to. And it, it was people saying things like that. Like, yeah. And Jordan Klepper is so great. And that video is so funny because he turns their own words against them to get them kind of caught up and and tripped like my favorite is the woman saying that barack obama wasn't wasn't born born here here. and jordan klepper says well do you think like if there was someone in the room like to prove it like maybe his mother and the woman says well no 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 she has motive and then he said well how do you know that trump was born in america (laughs) no sorry i'm I'm, I'm like i'm like yeah i'm into it (laughs) How do you know that Trump was born in America? And she said, oh, well, he's been here forever, and I just know it. And he said, well, maybe, you know, if there was someone in the room that can prove it like his mother. And she said, yes, exactly. And it's it's like, wait, what? So I think just trying to turn their words back on them to help them see, like... Shining a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. But also at the end of the day, like, we... All we can do is give them facts and all we can do is help educate other people right. in hopes that they will, you know, the <sighs> woke, wake up and become woke <laughs> yeah. eventually, yeah. soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, I had a very profound listening experience to the Joe Rogan podcast where he had Daryl Davis on. Who's Daryl Davis? Daryl Davis is a uh he's an author and an r&b like blues musician and is also uh the author of um i think it's called clandestine uh hold on let me just see this uh yeah clan with a k destin relationships a black man's odyssey in the in the ku klux klan and he's a very very good musician who was playing shows all over the south and uh, this was kind of like back in the day. Do you know how old he is? Daryl Davis? Oh, he's got to be like mid-60s. He's, okay. he's old. I just was curious he's when old. that time era I don't, was. I don't remember when. It, but basically, like, he goes in, and there's, he goes into this whole rich background about his dad was in the Foreign Service, and he traveled around a lot. So the classrooms he was in was, like, just full of every, all these different people of color. Daryl Davis is a black man. And um, he was this amazing piano player, and you know, like long story short, one night he was playing a show at a clan bar and, um, this guy came up to him and was like, you know, I've never seen a, I've never seen a black man play piano like that. And Mm -hmm. like, he kind of like started laughing and, you know, um, and he goes into this like 
whole experience he had sitting down with this clan member and um you know this clan member like couldn't believe that this guy could play the piano like this yeah. and it was just like this fascinating thing so daryl kind of goes on to like build a friendship with this guy and um basically the question was like how can you hate me if you don't even know me yeah I totally agree with that. Like, how can you hate me if you don't even know me? Yeah. And that's been like this guy's, and he's he's convinced, I think, over 200 clan members to leave the clan. Wow. Because he's just, you know, like talking, in talking with these people, he's like, I'm just like a regular person. Yeah. And you know, I We're think. We're all human. I think like, it's just, it's to, like, it, it seems so simple to, to, to me. To me and you, I think yeah. that it's just like, and hey, that's also why it's so frustrating, right? Because it does seem so we're just simple people. To us. Like there is yeah. no like, and and I am way privileged, and yeah. we you know, will never know. I'll what never it's like. understand. Yeah, but I hear you, and yeah. I'm here, and I and I and I want to be. I want to be your ally, and I want to yeah. be supportive. And this doesn't just go for like race and color this goes for transgender gay straight lesbian like whatever you know latinx like whatever it may be like we're all the same yeah and and that was a very profound um uh podcast for me because he just the way that he talked about talking with these clans member like he put himself out on the line like he wanted to meet with like one of the higher ups in the clan and the guy that was his friend was like, you don't understand. Yeah. If you go talk to this person and you don't let him know that you're black, he's going to kill you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. for what? Like, what? For, yeah, what? I know. It's, it's, it's infuriating. I, it's just, yeah. it's so, like, the video I posted yesterday of all of those kids reacting to grass in the same way. Oh, my God. Like, we are all born the same because we are all the same. Yeah. Just because we have different genetic makeup that makes us look a certain different colors we are all human and we are all the same and i love that video um take your time take a deep breath it's it's such a simple silly video like the first time i watched it I was laughing because it's just so damn cute to see all these kids like react to grass in the same way. And if you haven't seen it, go look at it on my Instagram store, on my Instagram um, page because it's so stinking cute. It's parents trying to put their kids on the grass yeah. and the kids are lifting their legs up. It's just like a, like a. It's just so cute and it's so funny. And but they all are doing the same thing. They're all doing the same thing. And then I'm, I'm watching it again and I'm thinking like all of these children all come from different backgrounds and they have different skin color and it's just so so frustrating to me and it makes me so sad that someone like children are all taught they're all taught that grass is not the enemy (laughs) that grass is fine to walk on and so then they're also taught to hate other people just because of their skin and they're taught that some people shouldn't have certain rights and it's just so frustrating that it's just it's all taught it's not like there's a racist gene in our bodies like that's not how it happens yeah so when when i'm feeling like sad or 
worried and I hear people say all lives matters. I just, I have to hope that as long as we keep educating and as long as we keep doing our job as white people to continue to have difficult conversations, I hope that eventually they will be taught just like they were taught to have this racist, these racist thoughts and actions that hopefully they will be taught that we are all the same and we are, there is, there is no reason to hate someone just because of their skin color. And if, have you seen Green Book? Uh, yes. Green, um, that's not, uh, it's, it's not on the list of like things to watch, but I, I do recommend watching it. It's a really beautiful true story. Um, and it reminds me a lot of this man you were talking about, uh, the piano player, because if you're not familiar, I'll just give you this quick rundown. It's someone in the late 70s, I believe, who, um, or couldn't have been the 70s, I'm not sure. Um, he's an African-American, like, world-famous piano player, and he is going on tour in the South, and he has to hire a white driver um, to take him around, and it's just this really interesting um, racial, thank you, story, and just this, like, flip-flop of this this man who's African-American and highly, highly educated, where at that time it was hard for African-Americans to become educated, and this white man who isn't educated and... Um, they strike up a friendship. Yeah, and, and he and he starts off to be a little racist, and yeah, they really start to know and love each other. And How it's, can you hate me if you don't even know exactly, me? Exactly. It's just, it's a really, really beautiful story, so I yeah. highly recommend watching that if you if you haven't already. And yeah, it's, it's just, <clears throat> it's just, I, I just, I don't understand, and I've never understood why someone could hate someone just because of who they love or the color of their skin without even knowing them. I just, I don't, I don't get it. And that's what's really frustrating. And that's, I think, why I have, I think me and a lot of other people who feel the same way um, have had such a hard time with these last few weeks. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's really challenging. And it's, it's really frustrating, but um, as that meme or the tweet that's been going around, like we just have to keep putting our foot, Put on, your the foot on the gas. Put your foot on the gas, yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. Um, in grad school, uh, in grad school I took a um, dance in social justice class <clears throat> and it's all about, it was all about have showing social justice within the dance community, which was really interesting and um, like uh, dance, ballet being the first dance that, um, you know, was widely acceptable or widely used. Um, it was mainly a white, it still kind of is mainly a white, a white thing. Like it is changing, but yeah, it is changing. Like, thank goodness for Misty Copeland, um, the first African-American principal. And, uh, anyway, um, so we did a similar exercise that you talked about with people walking on the football field. Mm -hmm. And that was a really interesting class because there were, there was only one other man. The, yes, there was only one man in class. The rest were women and not predominantly white because there were people of many different color, but 
mainly, I, I guess there were, I guess it was predominantly white, but um, it was really interesting. We started in four corners of the room, and then often we would, like, the te our teacher would ask a question. We'd have to move to a corner if it was, like, happens often, doesn't happen, sometimes happens, or I can't remember, but we would just have to walk. And oftentimes, it was John who was the only man in his own corner by himself, and he hardly ever moved because all of these questions were like a white man, a straight white man has all the privilege in the world. Yeah. Um, and he knew that. Um, so that, that was a really eye-opening um, thing. And um, yeah, I, I wish that I could remember the name of this article that we read, but it was the, an article about oppression and how different people are being oppressed. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. And speaking of the show notes, the paragraph that Corey read in the beginning of the episode was written by our friend Tony, and it has um, articles to read, books to read, movies to watch, uh, peti petitions to sign, pa places to go for news, and we are going to put that in the show notes. So you can um, you can look at that and reference it if you wish. We'll tag him in the um, in the show notes as well. Yeah, I would love to get him on. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I I'm. I'm embarrassed to, to say this, and it was two years ago that I, I knew that oppression was a thing, and I knew that oppression for different people were a thing, and I always categorized all women together as one, like all women are oppressed mm -hmm. together. And it wasn't until we read this article and we did that group like square exercise where I realized that a lot of the women were being separated, like women of color, women of size, yeah. women of sexual orientation, yeah. like they were being, they were being separated. Yeah. yeah. And I was, em I guess, embarrassed as, as someone who I would call a feminist that I didn't, it's like I, it was one of those things like, you know, in the back of your mind, but it's not something that I could, it wasn't until I could see it that I was like, oh shit, like I can't, I can't categorize all women in the same, like I don't have the same oppression as yeah. Grace, who was in that class, who's yeah. African-American woman. I don't have the same oppression as her. And I don't have the same oppression as Katie, who is, is gay. So um, that was something that was really eye like eye-opening for yeah. me. Um, so I, I just, and I just encourage people out there to, you know, keep looking at information, keep talking about it. And it's okay that you get things wrong because that, that exercise, that article, it showed me that, oh, I am wrong and I need to make changes and we need to grow. So going back to talking to family members or, you know, white people talking to other white people. Like, we both have had some difficult conversations with some of our white friends because we don't know where they stand on this subject, and it's important that we push it. But we've also had some really beautiful conversations yeah. with some of our white friends who, um, like, we had a conversation with a friend who is a little bit, who is more, re more Republican than us, 
not more, is Republican. Yeah, he's Republican. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say more conservative than us. But there are, you know, some views, some things that we agree on that he leans a little bit more to the left. Yeah. Um, and we had this conversation and, and he said something so beautiful. Like, even though we have differences on maybe abortion or we might vote for a different president than um disclaimer he did not vote for trump and he will not vote for trump um we might vote for different presidents like i still love you and i still care about you and we talked about this issue and um nobody got angry or mad. yeah nobody got angry and i know that i know that that's not the case for everyone and um people do feel very passionate about this but we we talked about navigating politics around Thanksgiving and I just want to retouch on something we said then is to try to I know that it's highly emotional obviously we we both we both have cried multiple times during this episode but to to really try not to let going back to my Wednesday wisdom try not to let your ego get too much in the way of these difficult conversations that you really need to approach it from a place of love because, you know, hopefully you, you do still, at the end of the day, love your family members. Yeah. And telling them, like, you know, this is how this has effect, affected my life. And, and I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not black. So I can't imagine what, how this has affected someone who is of color. Yeah. And really let, trying to let your ego down and just come with them at facts, come with them at love. And... I mean, you might have to start the conversation that way. Like, at the end of the day, you are family and I still love you. And even though we disagree on things, you know, I, I still will love you. But <clears throat> there's, we have to talk about this issue yeah. because we do things, see things differently. And I feel very strongly that this, yeah. is, this is important. Uh, and yeah. just help, hopefully, as I mentioned before, like hopefully you can reteach them. Yeah. I also want to just go back to the three-hour podcast uh, that we had with Tony Forrest, um, where we talked a lot of in depth about race yeah. and racism and, um, what the role of, uh, privileged, you know, cisgender white and, males and females and him is. Being a, a gay black man. Right. I also just want to reiterate that just that just because the fact that you're <clears throat> supportive and you're vocal about black lives matter, it does not absolve you from yeah. white privilege. Yeah. Like just because we're talking about this doesn't mean that we're not guilty. Of course. Like, that is bullshit. Like yeah. you can be the biggest ally. It doesn't matter. Like we are born into white guilt yeah. essentially. So I just want to say, you know, we need to be doing more. You and I need to be doing more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everyone all does. the time. So, um, I mean with that, I just want to say to all of my friends, people of color, uh, and the LGBTQ community, like we stand with you. I, we will never understand you but we want to be allies and please, 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 please let us know what we can be doing to help. Um, I also want to make a list of, in the show notes of some, uh, donation, uh, so of some organizations that, uh, we donate to and that people can donate to, too. Yeah. So this is, this. um, this month of June, um, all of the classes that I'm teaching, um, on oh. my, on my platform are either on zoom or on Instagram live, or I'm donating all of the money, um, to a foundation called You Good Sis, and it's um, it's an organization that helps spread the world the word of wellness to women of color. Um, so I yeah. wanted to choose something that was maybe a little bit smaller, 
and that was in line with a lot of my my values and yeah um being being a white person in the wellness world i know that there are plentiful of, of yeah. white people in the wellness world yeah. and so i felt really passionate about that they do yoga classes they do wellness seminars and awesome. um, they do free meditations and whatnot so if you're interested um you can go to my Instagram page at Dancing Ginger Alex, and you can see the list of my classes. I also have a bunch of back cla- classes I've taught be- previously on either my Instagram TV or on my website. So any of the classes that you take from me this month, um, if you feel like donating or or um, contributing in any way, um, yeah. And if that doesn't you, float you can, your yeah, I was just gonna say if that doesn't float your boat, um, you can do a monthly donation or a one-time donation to the NAACP or the ACLU. Um, yeah. both are just incredible organizations that are working. For yeah. I feel like if you don't know who to give, like <laughs> ACLU, the, yeah, ACP, or the, yeah. 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 Um, or the HRC, which is also human rights. Yeah. Um, and there's, so. I just, I'll say this last thing. Cause I know that it, we still are in a pandemic. We still are, you know, a lot of us still aren't working. A lot of us still are really stressed about money and whatnot. So if you can't give financially, that is totally fine. You are not a bad person for not being able to donate. There are many, many other ways you can help spread the word. It could be simply as reposting something, or it could be signing a petition, or it could be forwarding an email, or it could be talking senators and your state Congress people, or or it could be talking, having a difficult conversation or going to a peaceful protest or a march. You know, I, I don't want anyone to feel judged by the way they're supporting keep your foot on the gas just keep your foot on the gas and keep having difficult conversations you know giving doesn't have to be financially you could be giving your your support in many different ways so um well yeah i just want to say uh everyone stay strong stay safe um and uh we love you um thank you so much for listening and uh we'll be back next week Mm -hmm. all right i love you i love you Bye.